<laughs> yeah, I meant to do that. Oh yeah, okay, cool. So yeah, um, yeah, we've gotten a bunch of questions on on practical tips for for busy runners, how to get out get out the door and stuff like that, setting yourself up for success. And I don't know, we think about it in terms of like making the stars align, right? Like they're not just going to align for you. You've got to develop the habits and the routine uh, to make it all work. And a lot of that is based on trial and error and experience. But we do think that there are some ways to go about it um, that will help you overall. Um, yeah, I guess I just want to preface it with mm -hmm. saying that there, like, a lot of people on the team are really, really busy, and they're also very high achievers in like all the things that they do. Um, you know, things like come and go, jobs. Like, there's always going to be some times that are busier than others. But what's really important is just developing those habits and making excellence a part of your daily routine, right? Like, figuring out how to make that something that you undertake every day in a bunch of really small ways. I don't think we have very many people on the team who are like, wow, my schedule is so open. It's always easy to prioritize consistency, right? Like everyone here is doing amazing things in life and in running. And I think it's just so important to like, A, um, everyone is a superstar and you guys are doing so amazing with all the things, but just know that like you're not limited by how busy you are, right? Like you have to work with what you have and don't let busyness be a way for you to kind of like protect yourself emotionally from achieving great things like part of being vulnerable is figuring and like brave and your training is figuring out how to make it work so that you can really really go for it in an athletic life yeah because you guys are busy and you should be able to maximize your time and get the most out of what you're doing and what you're engaging with i think that that's really really important um, yeah, so we'll, let's just jump in. I think let's jump in with the big stuff first, Yeah. like, uh, like sleep and, and nutrition and kind of building a routine on that. Yeah. Um, I feel like you're kind of a sleep wizard. Do you want to sure. talk about like how you build a sleep routine that prioritize, like thinking about how to build a sleep routine that supports a running routine? Like how do those things relate for you and what specific steps do you take to make that easier on a daily basis? Yeah, I think honestly, it's it's all about building a routine first and foremost. So having a bedtime that um, having a bedtime routine that starts an hour before you want to go to sleep and making that consistent six nights a week, um, at least seven if you if you can. I know for some people the weekend one you like to be a little more flexible. Um, so you might want to start with just during the week for us, like we we're trying to be in bed and hopefully asleep by nine. So that means at eight o'clock, we start our, our bedtime routine. Um, so that's like unwinding, try to maybe put the computer away and stop Netflix or whatever and read a book, brush the teeth, um, have a little magnesium to kind of relax the muscles, especially after training, can be really, really helpful to help you relax and go to bed. Um, I know for a lot of people who have really intense jobs, a lot of tension builds in the body throughout the day. So like our shoulders are up, we're like lowering our neck. There's a lot of energy in the body. We need to start to release that stuff in order to relax into sleep. Um, so one of the things that I do to help me do that is I, I take some magnesium, 250 to 500 milligrams. Um, 
I don't, there's a great product out there called Calm where you can mix it uh, magnesium flavored into a drink. Um, that's great. If you're kind of a frequent like bathroom user at night, I would say grab some like 100 milligram to 250 milligram little capsules instead because drinking like 12 ounces of water straight before you go to bed will definitely cause you to need to go to the bathroom at night and disrupt your sleep. Uh, so yeah, I mean, the first thing is like set the routine, eight o'clock, electronics off, work mode, done. Uh, big rule in our house is like no work, discussion, uh, coaching, trail runner, anything else like at eight o'clock or after. Because um, if you go to bed with work on your mind, you're not going to get a restful night of sleep. You're going to have anxiety about something work-related. You might dream about it. Um, you might go to bed with some tension. Um, so that is really, really important, right? So like around nine, we try to like shut the lights off and hopefully if we're tired, we'll, we'll fall asleep. Um, I kind of want to say that like even beyond saying like we try to go to bed, like I specifically make it so that my phone shuts off at a certain time of night. Like I am not getting bothered. Um, hopefully no one has an emergency after my bedtime because like I am just not available to people then. And I think that's really important for me to have those really strict boundaries around my bedtime routine because sleep has been a thing that I have struggled with in the past and I have to mm -hmm. work super hard to build like specific routines and boundaries around. So I set an alarm that tells me like when it's time to go to bed um, because I know how much sleep I need to get in a night and I know what time I need to wake up in the morning. So I count backwards and set an alarm and I stick to it in the same way that you wouldn't like hit snooze 1 million times in the morning and expect to have a great day. Don't hit snooze on your bedtime either and expect to have a great morning the next day. Take your, the time that you go to sleep as seriously as you do the time you wake up. Yeah. So and I be, be, be like, you can, you know, own it, own your bedtime. <laughs> you, you really own your bedtime. This is something that like Zoe has worked really, really hard on. Um, and it does, it does come down to being a little bit more strict, right? Like how do we build habits? Well, we have to set ourselves up for success. If we don't want to eat cookies, everyone should eat cookies. But <laughs> if you're, if you don't want to eat cookies, don't put a cookie next to you and say, I'm going to, you know, have so much willpower. I won't eat that cookie. You know, don't buy the cookie. Um, if you don't want to eat the cookie. So like, if you don't want to be disturbed after a certain time, don't bring your phone into your room, set your phone to turn off or to be silenced. Uh, the sleep mode is, or silence mode is really, really important. That's something that we definitely use. And then getting up. So like, if you get, if you get eight to 10 hours of sleep, you're going to be feeling really fresh. You're going to be able to attack a busy day uh, with good clarity and energy. Um, but if you wait around in bed, in bed, in bed, snooze, 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 you're wasting a lot of time, right? So like we try to like, when we have stuff to do, we set the alarm and we get up. Um, and ideally you set your bedtime alarm and your morning alarm and they're at least eight hours apart. So you can guarantee that optimal eight hours of sleep. Something that we notice as athletes over the years is the more we're training, the more sleep we need. So I need 10 hours a lot of the time. And Zoe's really been thriving on nine or 10 hours too. Really um, trying to get to that 10. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's it like really makes a difference. Days. And so if it means like a one hour less of Netflix at night, 
at least for us in the way we prioritize our lives, it's worth it to watch one hour less of TV to get one hour more time in the day, the next day to focus on coaching, training, work, et cetera, and to feel better because we've gotten that extra hour of sleep. With the caveat of also, we know that a lot of times when people are losing sleep, it's not necessarily because of Netflix. It's because right. of really challenging parenting and family situations. You guys are doing amazing and just know that it's okay for you to express your needs around additional sleep. Like it, you know, it, it breaks my heart to see athletes that are getting, you know, it's, it's really hard to be a parent and it's really hard to be a parent and an athlete. Just know that it's like, okay for you to advocate yourself in a relationship and people want to support you. And like your coach wants to support you. Um, and we're always excited to work with people who are balancing like new parenthood or are like veteran parents. And, you know, there's always things that come up. Um, and we're not going to be like hard on you if you miss a night of sleep or anything like things happen, you know, mm -hmm dogs get sick, kids get sick, like things happen, but just know that it's okay for you to ask for people to support you in getting more sleep. Absolutely. You said that so well. I think, I think that really sums it up. Let's move on to talking about eating habits and making sure that we're eating really well throughout the day so that we're fueled and ready to go on our runs. You're the expert eater. <laughs> you, you could, uh, how do you, yeah, like, how do you schedule out your eating routine? Like, are you super strict? It's on the hour, every hour, every three hours. I actually don't think what of do it you... in terms of like a specific time to eat. I think about the time that I have scheduled my run in and I count back two hours from that. And that's when I make sure to eat because mm. the best time to eat before a run is about two hours in advance because that's kind of enough time for you to digest so like for me I'm not going to get an upset stomach but I can still eat like quite a bit because I do need to eat quite a bit to support my training so if I'm going to run at like 10 o'clock or 10 30 I'll try to have I usually eat like two breakfasts at this point because I get up pretty early and I'll have like a little snack to take the hunger off and then I'll have a second larger breakfast um, and that's kind of like my training support breakfast, which is the breakfast that um, supplies the majority of the calories for my workout or run. Um, so count backwards from your the time that you're planning on running and try to eat about two hours before that. I know that that can be tough for people who run first thing in the morning. And a couple of things that we've seen work really well for people like that is like a toaster waffle or a stroop waffle, something just small, like a piece of toast with some nut butter, a banana with some nut butter, just like one to 200 calories of just something so that you're not running totally in a fasted state. It doesn't have to be a big production. You don't need to feel like you need the perfect two Zoe breakfast combo before you get out on your morning run. Um, but if you are, you know, running first thing in the morning, make sure you have a little, a, a bit of food beforehand and then make sure you're eating like 200 to 300 calories at a minimum after that to replenish after your run. And once again, those numbers are all flexible depending on how much you're actually training and what works for you. Awesome. Um, but just like think when you're going to run and then plan your food around to support that. Um, you know, and then I like to eat directly after my run so that that way I don't get hungry after I've been out there running for like an hour, hour and a half, whatever it is. Um, and I always try to have lunch either totally ready for when I come back or something I can throw together or reheat really quickly, like a smoothie or leftovers are honestly everyone's best this friend. This is a really good topic, I think, to, to dive into and just give three minutes to. Um, in terms of food preparation and how you can better utilize your time throughout the day, if you're really busy, you don't want to spend a lot of time cooking, right? right? So something that we do in our house is to cook once and eat two or three times. So if we cook a dinner, 
we will make sure that portion wise, we have at least each of us another lunch out of that, if not two more lunches out of that. Um, that way there's food available post run um, and we don't have to do a whole production to make lunch afterwards. And I think that that we're able to better utilize time that way um, because those things are available straight away. Um, another thing that we both do, especially when we have the early morning departures is to set all the food out in the morning ahead of time, um, especially like get the granola out, uh, put the bowls out, get the coffee ground already. Um, just those little preparation things that you can do in the evening to set yourself up the next morning to make things more automatic um, can be really, really helpful. And we've had some athletes that are really into meal prep and that's awesome. But I feel like, you know, for a lot of people, it's not a super realistic activity for us to like mm -hmm. prepare substantial amounts of food in like huge chunks of time. But I think you can kind of think about like, you know, how do you do like a day or like one, you know, a, a, just a few hours worth of meal prep and making sure that you, you know, don't have to like constantly be thinking on your feet for where your next meal is coming from. Um, because we would always rather like, it is in a lot of cases much better to not run than it is to run under fueled, right? Cause that can be very counterproductive if not an outright injury risk. So Definitely. like, don't skip your lunch to get a run in. Think about how you're going to get your run in and also have that lunch. They need to work together. Mm -hmm. And the lunch can always be, you know, after the run, it depends. And I think this leads us into maybe our next topic about compartmentalizing your day. Um, and that, you know, in my mind, sometimes a snack comes before the run and lunch comes after for recovery. And um, so that's, you know, how to compartmentalize your day. So it's not just about scheduling out your meetings and your work obligations and bringing, put your, putting your run somewhere in there. Um, eating and your eating habits have to fit in there as well. Um, I think this is something that like Zoe maybe has a little more expertise in because her schedule is, is very regimented because of the demands of the work she does. Um, but Zoe, like, how do you compartmentalize your day and how do you, how does that productivity wise for you? Yeah, for me, it's like all about boundary setting and everything I do, right? Like if I'm coaching, I'm not working on trail runner work. If I'm doing trail runner work, I'm not coaching. If I'm running, I'm not doing either of those, right? So like when I'm out on a run, I'm not going to respond to athlete texts or phone calls or work emails. If I'm, you know, if I'm coaching, I'm not thinking about like, oh, how am I going to get like thinking about my run? Like, oh, what's the weather? Like, what am I going to wear? What am I going to do it? Right? Like I am fully trying to pour myself into the thing that I'm doing, not because, not just because like, you know, obviously I want to be there for my people, um, but because that allows me to just be more efficient and effective when I'm doing those things. Um, you know, if you, if you're out on a run and you stop every time you get a text or an email notification, you're, that's, that's not great. <laughs> not great for your training, right? Like you wouldn't do that during a meeting. So don't do that during your run set, like make your run a meeting with yourself that you have five times a week. So set aside specific time where you're not going to take call. And this is once again, the caveats being some people like we have ICU nurses on the team, like you do you, we know you're on call. You guys are amazing. 
parents, you know, run with your phones, stay in touch with the kiddos. But as much as possible, try to disconnect when you're on your run, not just because of like some hippy dippy, like be present reason, but because there has been no study that has ever shown that people are good or enjoy, or actually they do enjoy, but they are not good at multitasking. So don't try to multitask at any point during your day. When you're running, be running, you know? Yeah. Try, you know, I always like that as a time where I can kind of problem solve about things I might be encountering at work or is just like nice time off the clock, but just try to set aside that time and like take it seriously, you know, in the same way that you wouldn't like show up to an important meeting with your boss or like with a coworker and not take it seriously and like be on your phone and like drag your feet. Like you, you, you know, take those things as seriously, like prioritize the things that are important for you to fit everything in, in a certain day. Right. Exactly. It's really important. I think we could get into some more detail about compartmentalizing things um, as well. If, if you have scheduled meetings, if you have work obligations, your run might need to be treated in the same way as that work meeting. Um, and so blocking out a specific time and putting it in your planner and, and treating it as if it's as important as the meeting and you know, for us, it is, um, it is just in, as important as a meeting, if not, maybe more important, depending on, on the day and the workout. <laughs> depending on the meeting. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, plan this stuff out and take it a little bit seriously. Um, if you're booked with Zoom calls from nine to 10, and then from 10 to 11, 11 o'clock is your snack. One o'clock is your, you know, ideally would be a great time to go get your run in. And that kind of also, adds um it periodizes your day so you can get that break from work and then after the run come back and it's like from 2 30 to 5 30 you are more focused on work because you've gotten that run in you're not going to be distracted thinking about when am i going to get the run in when am i going to get the run in you've done it you're focused you're not hopefully not multitasking too much um and then you're moving forward. And after the day, maybe that's when you add in that next like thing. Oh, I would like to do my cross training now. Uh, a little bit of strength work or ride the bike. Um, you know, you can bookend your day with that. And that marks the end of your work day and allows you to go into the rest of the day in the evening, kind of a little bit more detached from work. And I think this is especially helpful for people who are working from home um, because it's very hard to detach from when the end of the workday actually is um, because it's easy to pull your computer out and work all the time. Um, also, I think it's important to find the time of day that works best for you to make that run happen. If you get in a habit, if like, if you want, if you are trying to do your runs in the morning and you're repeatedly hitting snooze and missing those runs, maybe move away from that as being your primary time to try to get the running. So you don't want to fall into that habit of saying, this is when I'm going to run and then not running at that time. Same thing. If you're like, I'm going to run after work and then repeatedly you get to the end of the day and it doesn't happen. Right. Mm -hmm. Like you need to be able to say like, okay, this isn't happening. Clearly I need to move towards an alternate solution. Like we're all going to have days where like it truly doesn't happen. Like, yeah. you know, where I, you know, you'll, something happens a kid gets sick you have to like go to the emergency vet you, you know like your 
following UTMB and you just, you're, you know, living out of a van, like things just happen and that's okay. <laughs> but what you need to do mm -hmm. is like start to find patterns where you're noticing like points of failure in your ability to prioritize consistency. If you keep hitting snooze and missing your morning runs, let's try running in the evening or the afternoon. If you keep getting to the end of the day and you're too tired and that run doesn't happen a lot of times, I think it's probably time to try a morning run. Um, and just finding that time where it becomes very, that it becomes a lot easier for you to not say no. I know that's a lot of uh, double negatives, but you know, you're just trying to make it easier for yourself to like not let yourself down. Yeah, um, I do find uh, Derek's comment here very interesting. He <laughs> writes, if I prioritize <laughs> runs the same as meetings, all I would do is find excuses <laughs> not to run. <laughs> this is a man that gets his runs in. Right on. And I think it's a guy who also doesn't like his meetings as much as running. Man, uh, <laughs> I don't think there's anyone who's like, man, you know what? I love meetings. A good Zoom meeting. Love a good Zoom meeting. <laughs> love a bad Zoom meeting. Mm. <laughs> well, cool. Uh, yeah, Derek, thanks for, thanks for that. Um, I think for a lot of us, uh, running is a, is a big passion and something that we really look forward to in the day. And um, i Often people with that mentality don't have a difficult time getting out and getting their run in, even when stuff is busy, because they start their day with the idea of when will my run get in? I see. And then they just know and everything else kind of works around it. Um, you know, something that I often talk about with, with Zoe is, you know, when Zoe wakes up in the morning she's already already knows when she's going to run. She know, she has her schedule for work. She knows what her obligations are more or less and, and then knows where that run is going to go. Um, so she's always looking ahead and finding that time. And that's something that it works really well for her and is important, but I think is very driven by passion and the fact that she loves to be out there. Rather, uh, if running wasn't maybe her number one priority, she might find something else to go into the spaces that exist in her work schedule, which to be fair, I think are kind of few and far between on most days. Um, did I think, and you kind of just touched on it, um, Zoe, but like thinking about like perfect weather and waiting or waiting for motivation. Yeah, and I feel like this um, is something, you know, I've seen in myself and I've seen in a lot of athletes they're like you know I was waiting for that weather window and it didn't happen so I didn't run or like I sat around and I was just waiting for that that feeling of motivation to strike before I went out on my run and it's just not gonna happen right like I would much rather you run when you're at like 40% motivation than not run at all. I would rather you run in maybe suboptimal but not dangerous weather than not run. Yeah I, and sometimes I would agree. waiting it out is just a strategy that like kind of can insulate us from like feeling like we've made the decision not to run when when you're not running you are making the decision not to run but you're kind of like mentally allowing yourself to think like oh like maybe it will happen um so just like hold yourself accountable and make it make it happen yeah definitely don't wait don't wait for it if you've got goals those goals are not going to wait for you you're going to find yourself out there wishing you had done those extra runs Run in the um, hand is worth two in the bush. Yeah, yeah. Uh, make it happen, guys. If you if you love the goals that you've set for yourself, 
Um, you know, part of being a busy person is is finding a time to stay on track for mm -hmm. those, um, you know, and putting the small steps in every day that you need to in order to set yourself up for success. I think that um, every time for me as a coach working with, you know, you guys on the team, that's something I see time and time again. It's like the athletes that are the most consistent, even if it's just 20 minutes, um, they always blow me away by finishing races that I was almost like, mm, I wasn't sure if they were prepared. Like they didn't nail their training perfectly, but man, they were out there every day, no matter what grinding. And um, this kind of leads us to like this, I think it's kind of a Zoeism, but it's like, don't wait for perfect, right? So good now is better than perfect, maybe never. And perfect training does, you know, isn't always the key to a successful perfect training is never goal. the key. Yeah. <laughs> so just getting out there and doing the best with what you can. Um, it looks like we've got a little side chatter. <laughs> Ice, <laughs> yes, that's awesome, man. Whatever motivates you. <laughs> and I think we're it is motivated like, by pizza. I like yes, we are motivated. And I think it, I think what um I, I wish how do, how do you pronounce his name? Bagarv. Bagarv. Thank you. Yes. Okay. Um, Bagarv makes a really great point, and I think finding little like carrots you can use to motivate yourself with can be hugely powerful. For me, I save my favorite podcasts for my run, so that like you know I love to listen to Reply All and This American Life, and I only listen to those when I'm running, and it's like a really nice treat for me to just like go at aerobic effort and listen to my favorite podcasts. I have playlists that I only listen to when I'm doing workouts and they're super fun and goofy and I love to listen to them, but I kind of like use them as a motivation to have fun on my workouts. Um, and I think that, you know, just finding ways, like maybe there's audio, like you can really get into an audiobook that you will only allow yourself to listen to on your workout, like find ways to make it, you know, like to add, to increase your motivation. Um, and then don't depend on that. Right. Cause like, if the only thing that I was like relying on to reach greatness is like, you know, Ira Glass motivating me, I would, I would need a little bit more input. Um, so, but you can find cool, fun ways to make running, like to make it more enjoyable too. What about um, when days are busy and we're kind of like periodizing things, should we break our runs up? No. So this is something we see a lot, like especially when we'll have, we'll, for instance, assign a six mile run to an athlete and we'll see them try to break it into two, three mile runs. That stimulus is significantly different. The better choice would be to just get in a four mile run or a five mile run because two, three mile runs is just, that's two, three mile runs, right? Um, you know, you can't win a 100 by running four marathons. It's a 100. Um, so thinking about things in that term, because like each mile that you run or each minute is different because of what you were doing in the minute before that. So, you know, with a six mile or a one hour run, like we're looking for a fairly specific stimulus there and breaking that into two 30 minute chunks is just a different stimulus. So if you're feeling really short on time, again, don't speed up to get it all in, reduce your mileage. Don't split it up either. Like if, you know, if you only have like a little bit of time in the morning and afternoon, you know, use that time in the morning, get the miles in that you can, and then use that time in the afternoon to maybe either make it easier for you to get your miles in the next day or just chill and be a person. Like both of those are great things. So don't get in the habit of trying to split your runs up or like try to fit them in weird places. Like don't, you know, 
we want to emphasize quality training rather than just getting the miles in, right? Training yeah. isn't a bucket that we fill, just being like mileage, mileage, mileage. It's a wall that we're building out of very specific bricks. So like if your kids are playing at the playground, you don't need to run laps around them, right? Like just be present with your kids. If you need to go on your run, like find a way where you can incorporate some childcare so that you can emphasize the quality of your training. Um, and don't try to just like squeeze training into the little like, crevices of your life and like don't try to like you know run like literally run errands because that's just going to be like lesser quality because you're stopping so it significantly alters the stimulus in a way that is less good for your training when at that point like if the only way you were going to get a run in was to like you know run to the grocery store just rest you know like that's going to be better for the long term for your long-term growth anyway I than just so making yourself crazy trying to squeeze training into like every little corner of your life. Yeah. And when we're talking about compartmentalizing your day or periodizing your day, it's really all about giving yourself a block of time. Um, and this is definitely something that I've been talking about with a few different athletes actually recently this week um, is like thinking about winter, thinking about, you know, previous training and, and how much time an athlete thinks that they have during the week to devote to training and that kind of stuff is important, right? So if like you have an understanding of how much time per day you have, uh, things happen, maybe you can't every single day, maybe 90 out of 100 days, you're able to give it one hour a day during the week. And that's really great. Um, but knowing how much time you have available and then working with your coach to give you something that fills that time and makes that time meaningful so you can work towards your goals um, in a very intentional intentional and purposeful way is gonna help you take advantage of that time rather than to make that time kind of ebb and flow or oscillate. Um, we're gonna use that time purposefully and then you don't have to feel as stressed about like, how do I fit it in? I need to do three miles to the grocery store and then three miles back. Um, that's something that like, it's not, that's not optimal because we need the time on feet, right? So like some of this stuff is cumulative, uh, especially when we're talking about ultra running and marathon running um, or adventuring in the mountains. You don't get to split your race up. Um, you know, you can stop at an aid station for a few minutes and but you've got to be moving forward the longer you know you've got those cutoffs so um you know we're thinking about things in those terms so give yourself that block of time if you're wondering how much time you have just takes a few minutes to like sit down and think about that and then to kind of let your coach know um that way that way the training is very appropriate for your schedule and then your coach can help to facilitate maybe getting a little more space for you in that schedule when you have to put the hammer down because you, you know, you're in 10 weeks before a big race or something like that. And we need to get a little bit more training in. Um, what about the 10 minute rule? Oh yeah. I love the 10 minute rule. I would love to hear what you think about the 10 minute rule. So yeah, I, I think, Oh, Skylar's listening. He's a big <laughs> fan of the 10 minute rule. He's one of my, like rule. he crushes the 10 minute rule. Um, when you aren't feeling super motivated, but you only have a little bit of time in the day to get out and run, or you're not feeling great, um, I love the 10 minute rule. It's something that I've done a hundred times for myself. 
I do my warm up. I say, I'm going to give it 10 minutes. I'm going to go out and run for 10 minutes. If I don't feel better after 10 minutes, I'm going to, I'm going to call it. Um, so I just, uh, it's all about being honest with yourself. And in most cases that athlete or me, um, I feel better after that, giving it that 10 minute chance so much so that like, I usually say, I'll give it 10 more minutes. And then I get to 20 minutes and then it's like, well, I might as well complete the workout. The workout's only 40 minutes. Um, or, you know, I'll get to 30 minutes and I'll do 10 minutes at a time. And I'll be like, I'm progressively feeling better. This is perfect. Most of the time, our goal anyways, is to make the last few miles of your run be the best miles, um, anyways. So I think for anybody who's a little bit hung up on like, I'm not feeling motivated or I, I felt like, off today. You know, five miles seems totally yeah. undoable, but like, you know, 10 minutes is always pretty doable. Right. Because in a busy day with a busy schedule, sometimes even doing five miles can feel overwhelming or doing 20 minutes of work can feel overwhelming. Right. So give it a chance, put in the 10 minute rule, put your shoes on 10 or 20 minutes is consistency in our minds. It's not maybe the the most optimal thing you could be doing that day if you had but, you an know, hour on the, your schedule, but yeah. it's still great. It's and over still the something. course of like years and years and years, which is of course, you know, the like scale that we're operating on for athletic improvement. If every time you were tempted to take a zero day, you took a 10 minute day instead, that's hunt that could be like hundreds of more minutes, yeah, right? Exactly. So like, you know, don't let perfect be the enemy of good just give it a shot. And I think uh, James makes an amazing point is never judge a run by the first mile or two. I think everyone has had the experience of like the first two miles, you're like, oh my God, this is so bad that I might just like have to quit running forever and like move to a different town and change my name and start over. <laughs> like, I think we've all been there. And, uh -huh. you know, if, you know, the 10 minute rule, like if it's super, I think there's, you know, that point where you can tell, like, I have the energy, but maybe this isn't a great run. Like, should I bail? You know, I think it's fine. Sussing out that point where you're like continuing would be counterproductive. Like it would make it so that I can't get out and run again tomorrow. Or, you know, I can probably like keep going today in a way that's sustainable for my long-term growth. Cause sometimes like the first two miles just feel really not great. <laughs> Rough, Or you're just not feeling that good when you get out there, yeah. especially if you've had a busy day. I think sometimes the stress kind of, uh, can can kind of boil over into that run. And it's hard to, to, to get into like run mode when you've just gotten off a meeting. Yeah. Give yourself the next, you know, always give yourself 10 more minutes to turn it around. If you like, you know, if you go out on a run and you like have the time and the energy and you're like, this just does not feel great. Keep being like, you know what, let's see how it feels in 10 minutes. Um, just, you know, allow yourself to, to get through to the other side. Zoe, um, I think we touched on it a little bit, but perhaps we could get a little bit more specific. I know for busy athletes, sometimes when they've got a lot of meetings on the schedule, whether they're working from home or going to the office, um, how do like what is the best way in your mind as a busy athlete? How do you advocate for your time with your employer? 
Yeah. I mean, well, you know, I think it's just like owning that I am an athlete and then it's okay for that to take time out of my day. And like, I used to be very hesitant to own my athletic self, particularly like when I worked at an NPR member station, I was like, I can't let anyone find out that I'm trying to be awesome at like more than one thing when, you know, I've been able to be more honest and vulnerable about like what my goals are both professionally and personally, I've found that people are hugely supportive and really like it when you're able to be transparent. And I think just like owning and recruiting people to be part of your support network, right? Like when I need to get a run in um, and it's gonna affect like our partner schedule, like I'll let TJ know like, hey, I need you to take the reins on dinner. Otherwise my run's not gonna be possible in the way that I want it to be. And just like, enabling people to support you because people do want to cheer for you. People do want to support you and just being transparent about what your needs are and um, allowing them to help you really, I think is super, super huge. Like I know not everyone can walk into the office and like demand that they get lunch off to complete their 10 mile run every day. Um, I know that that's not realistic for everyone, but find a way to really own your athletic self and to allow that to thrive with the things that you're doing already. Yeah. Like, don't be afraid to talk about it in the workplace. Don't be afraid to talk about it with your coworkers and to share kind of the things that you're passionate about and that you are setting goals outside of your career. Um, you know, it's important to own that and a way to own that is by talking about it. Right. Another way of owning it is, is writing it down, um, sharing that on your, you know, in your Slack channel with people at work, um, I have a Google calendar um, that I use with my work, like especially when I'm scheduling interviews, where I just I tell people like what parts of my day or people have access to my calendar can see what parts of my day are blocked out and when I'm not going to be accessible and there's no expectation around my presence being places or like me being reachable by phone or email or whatever. And then I'll have appointments so that people still have flexibility if they want to meet and talk with me, but they can still choose from a range of times that makes it feel good and accessible to them. Yeah. And that's actually not the first time I've heard uh, somebody say that they set their schedule up that way. Yeah. Um, I was just talking to an athlete yesterday at the group run that we did. And she said that she blocks out time almost in that exact same manner where she's got uh, her schedule, people can view it. She, you know, her meetings are there. And then she also has time where it just kind of says unavailable. Um, and that's, you know, somebody who's working a lot, eight to 10 hours in a day. Um, when you're working from home, I think there's a degree of flexibility that you have to do that. Um, but I would say if you have the opportunity to do that, advocate for yourself, be your own advocate, advocate. Um, it's so important. And I feel like when I was a younger athlete, I had a really hard time asking for time for myself. Cause I was like, Oh, I'm not really even training for anything. And I'm not that good. It feels really silly to ask for time to go do this thing that I'm like, not that great at. And like the thing that led to me getting better was like expecting that growth for myself and just enabling other people to be my supporters along the way. Like, allowing myself like allowing my athletic life to take up more space and not like feeling shame around it or hesitant in expressing my thoughts and goals around like what I wanted out of myself um and like you know as soon as I opened up that possibility things like really did get better yeah 
Oh, absolutely. I think that that's very true for everybody in all respects, in all aspects. Yeah, of like life. don't be afraid to claim your athleticism, right? Like there is there is no gatekeeping going on. If yeah. you're listening to this call, you are clearly an athlete because you've sat through 50 minutes of us talking. So you're a certified endurance athlete. Um, so just endurance own it, listener. you know, like advocate for yourself, like at home, mm-hmm. at work, like whatever, you know, allow people to be on your team because they want to be and you just have to give them that opportunity most times. Awesome. I think that's a good place to leave it. I think um, I've hit all the points that I wanted to. Yeah. Are you feel good? Yeah. I mean, I feel Great. like if people are busy, then, you know, we should give them that time. huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, this is awesome. Um, I just wanted to highlight a couple really great comments. Never judge a, a run by the first mile or two. The first mile or two can always be a liar. Thank you, Skylar. I love that. Uh if I judged the uh, my runs by the first mile, I'd never run. Um, <laughs> first miles are the devil, and they exist only wow. to Wow, no love us. for the first mile. Yeah, nobody likes this. the first mile. This is how I feel like I know that they're ultra runners, right? Like for me, I always like joke that it takes me like a full half marathon to like get warmed up in a race, and I allow myself to have at minimum one bad half marathon. Awesome. And I think my favorite comment in here is um, I find that appreciating the small things on my daily routine helps me to have my best easy runs. Uh, It's all about the small things. Mm -hmm. I think definitely thinking about and expressing gratitude in whatever way that you can is just so important. Um, Little things add up. We're huge advocates for that. Um, If you've kind of worked with us for long enough, you know, that's why we start small and dream big. <laughs> um, but yeah, this was great. Thank you guys. I think just to summarize it, maybe because um, we chatted quite a bit today, uh, set a sleep routine, prioritize your sleep. Good sleep leads to more energy, better clarity, um, better recovery. You're going to be able to get through your day as busy as it, and challenging as it gets. You're going to be able to get through it in a better way. Um We're also talking about making sure that you have a routine around when you eat. Um, Set yourself up for success. Zoe's and Kylie uh, kind of influenced that tip. Eat two hours before a run. um, Have that schedule. A great window for eating afterwards is within hopefully 30 minutes. Um, I don't like to push that too far out, but you might be able to stretch to two hours. But also evidence suggests contrary to popular belief that you can replenish your glycogen stores effectively. There's not really a, a, win, a window of perfection. So once again, if you're like, I'm going to miss the window, don't not eat, right? Yeah. Like still prioritize the eating, but okay. you know, the sooner you eat after you're on the better. And compartmentalize your day, set yourself up for success, have blocks of time set out, block for work, block for training, block for work, block for training, block for dinner, you know, block for your pre uh, sleep routine, whatever that looks and however that looks like for you, compartmentalize your day. And more specifically, when you're compartmentalizing things, just do one thing at a time. There's no science to support multitasking. All the science supports being present and fully present in that thing that you're doing, right? So if you're going to be coaching and reading training logs, be coaching and reading training logs. Don't be reading a training article at the same time. Um, you know, if you're- One tab. One tab, you know, or, or one tab and, uh, and a tab that is helping you do that thing. Try not to be on your phone 
available taking a text message while you're you know reading something that's important or getting back to somebody on an email one thing at a time set yourself up something that we are kind of trying to work on is like doing like 50 minutes on 10 minutes off this is something that's been proven in very productive work spaces as an or like effective the way method, yeah. like find a break that like find a cycle of time on time off that works for you because it is very hard to work efficiently for like, oh, I'm just going to do nine hours of uninterrupted. Like that's just not how the human brain works. So don't force your brain to work in ways that's not, that's not good, productive, or makes it happy. And then another great point was advocate for yourself with your workplace and own your passions, own your goals and your training. Don't be afraid to talk about it and to express the importance of that in your life. Turns out that a lot of people probably will be really supportive of those things um, and maybe are just waiting to hear from you about that kind of stuff um, and or to be inspired by you and all the cool things that you're doing. Um, another good tip was try not to split up your runs and not try not to just don't split up your runs like run or rest. Yes, run hard, or rest. <laughs> hard stop on the splitting up runs. Okay, I'm not as hard <laughs> as Zoe. <laughs> um, I'm a tough coach. I, I, I agree. I honestly, I do agree. And um, I also agree, leave the phones at home, guys, if you can, or carry them for emergencies. But or don't like keep take them on them like out. do not disturb or something. Yeah, try not to take phone calls while you run or text. It's a run to be a run, not to be a phone call, not to be work. Give yourself that time and that space. You've earned it. You're hard. You're working your butt off um, and, and you deserve to have that time. Um, Ooh, I think we covered everything. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks guys. I appreciate the comments about the first two miles. Don't trust them. <laughs> We've kind of, uh, we agree with that too. Yeah. Um, and that definitely is hugely important in our own running. Uh, if you guys have questions about these calls, you can always put them in the chat box here or comments. If you have questions that you'd like us to address in one of these calls, we would love for you to email us or put it in your training log because this stuff is 100% driven by you all. Um, so this is something that has been asked several times recently and that's why we're talking about it. And hopefully uh, we'll help you guys out. Build that routine. Starts with sleep and, and eating schedule and then goes to work and throughout the rest of your day, finding a time to get your run in is just as important as probably scheduling that meeting and whatnot. So if you're a high achieving athlete, which all of you guys are, we trust that you can get it done. Yeah. And we've seen that you do. So and it's okay to have impressed. days where it doesn't, it doesn't work out. Cut yeah. yourself slack. That's true. The DMV days, at least oh, for me, yeah. <laughs> those are the days I never can get a run in. Need a DMV taper. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to sign off, um, but thanks, guys. And we're going to do Rapid Fire Nutrition Friday with Kylie, or I am. Zoe's going to be out of town at Trail Running Conference. Um, so I hope that you guys can uh, tune in. It'll be super fun and informative. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. Enjoy the rest of the day. Oh, stop recording. Yay. Cool.